0: thank you very much and and thanks everyone for for joining us my name is Blake Rutherford welcome to the Beltway Briefing Road to the midterms 2018 Uh, I'm joined today by Howard Schweitzer the managing partner of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies Howard it's me and you today buddy just us Blake we've got our nitro cold brew
1: Cozen O'Connor coffee straight out of the tap and we're ready to go we do don't
0: don't tell Michael and Vince I spiked mine with with some Bailey's so it's a spe- going to be a special kind of call today um, thanks um, thanks for being here we do miss mark uh, mark is absolutely. not with us um, uh, I don't know where mark is but uh, he's probably still at his un- undisclosed location he's taking care of a, a client Blake and uh, <laughs> with, well, quotes with, him. <laughs> with quotes around a client sure absolutely <laughs> happily um, and if Caitlin wasn't under the weather she would she would join us today as well but we um, this is actually our our last um, podcast for a couple of weeks we're gonna give uh, give ourselves uh, and, and the rest of the listening world a couple of weeks off um, for August to to travel to regroup to you know medicate whatever it is that you need <laughs> to do uh, to, to make it to make it through to Labor Day but but we're not short sure on stuff to talk about um, today and I want to start Howard with um, I woke up today with a, a bevy of new kind of new assessments on key congressional races. Um, it's not unfamiliar to anyone who's who's following this stuff. Larry Sabato from the University of Virginia, uh, our friend Charlie Cook from the Cook Political Report. Um, new races all seem to be trending the Democrats' way. Um, Sabato's crystal ball came out this morning with 17 new assessments. Um, headed headed the Democrats way and they're they're all across the country um, they're now giving it a greater than 50 50 shot for <coughs> the Democrats to take back the house um, and and part of that is because and it's not something we've talked about a lot just the number of open seats that, that we have out there so I, I thought we might just kind of start there take stock of of what we're seeing since we're gonna be we're gonna be off-air for a couple of weeks how do you see the trend line? What do you make of the trend line? Um, are we overstating the trend line since it's only only
1: July? No, I mean Blake. It's as, as we've talked about many times. It's a numbers game, and like you said, there are you alluded to the fact that there are so many more open Republican currently held Republican seats than there are democratically held seats, yeah. and in an environment where. I think the <clears throat> electorate is much more motivated on the Democratic side of the aisle. Those kind of numbers matter, and, and they favor the Democrats in the House. And it's actually, as we've talked about many times, the reverse, the reverse in, in the, the Senate. Senate. Yeah. And, and yet again, and, and again, uh, the reverse on, on a gubernatorial level across the nation um, where, where the Democrats are, are favored. So it's, look, this is... The law of numbers, and you've got you know historical predictions or historical facts that clearly go against a sitting president at um, the first the first midterm election in his presidency, and and it's of course trending toward the Democrats
0: in the House. I mean, and and, and that's you know that's what's uh, there seems to be so much attention. Placed on this notion of taking back the house and what that means i want to talk a little bit about that because right. you know I, I mean what is what is the outcome but before we get to that one of the things that there are several factors that that i paid attention to um as i was thinking about our discussion today um one was the generic ballot which is hovering around plus eight for them for the democrats which which is a pretty important indicator we talked about the open seats republicans have to defend forty-one seats, uh, Democrats only have to defend twenty-two, which still is a lot. I mean we have the we have the largest number of open seats in the post war era since nineteen ninety two. So um, you know that was I was in the I was in the eighth grade back way back then. I'm an old man now so that that makes that's telling in some degree. And and yet we we still aren't sure what's what's actually gonna happen. Um in light of some another telling statistic that I think is important, in a number of of key races, Republicans are out-raising Democrats by a significant sum. Now, money doesn't always matter. I mean, we saw that we've seen that in in primaries mm-hmm. where it's you know the insurgent doesn't need to raise a lot of money and and they they you know and they win. So, uh, you know, what do you what do you make of sort of the prognosticators hovering around? Well, it's still Kind of 50 fifty. We're not. We're not entirely sure. It doesn't. Doesn't seem like people are still yet convinced that the house is a foregone conclusion going to flip.
1: I think in the wake of two thousand sixteen <laughs> polls. Yeah. <laughs> Who believes a poll yeah, anymore? Fair enough. Yeah. And more than anything, I think that's got people playing their um, cards close to the vest as far as what an outcome is going to be. They're f- afraid to <clears> make <throat> predictions. Also, look. I, the Senate is so much more important. Yeah. So much more important. And the predictions are overwhelmingly in favor of the Republicans on, on that side of things. So, how much really changes if the Democrats yeah. take the House anyway?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's my question to you. I mean, yeah. I mean, what we, there's all this hype about, well, we've got to take the House. We've got to take the House. I mean, I, I get from from a from an oversight perspective, right. from a budget right. perspective, um, from an ability to kind of control a committee agenda perspective. I mean, yeah. inside baseball stuff. I mean that 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 we deal with on a daily basis, right. but that Joe Public is it's like, well, what does it really mean? Yeah. I mean, I get the optics, but what does it really mean? Look,
1: when major pieces of legislation have come up, yeah, they're actually bipartisan spending bill right bipartisan um you know things like that debt ceiling these things get done on a bipartisan basis so how much really changes i think you're right it's it's oversight it is it's oversight and investigations it's committee agendas but and, and, and it matters i mean it matters it obviously yeah, it sure, matters. sure yeah yeah i don't mean to downplay it but, but the senate is much more important because of the confirmation process the nomination and confirmation process you got a big one 60 votes and and so i i think that's where um, most of the attention is going
0: well and 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 we have not taken our attention off the confirmation of of judge brett kavanaugh which as we we in our last conversation we talked about it being of paramount importance for a number of reasons. I mean, obviously because it's a Supreme court justice that goes without saying, Um, but also what it means politically in the context of, of driving turnout for both sides. The, the Democrats seem to be going down this road of slow play. Uh, We've got to review all the records. We've got to, he spent a long time in, in government, we want to look at every piece of paper. Um, until we do that, then there's 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 no reason to push forward with with a hearing, much less a vote. Um, he's had 23 meetings on the Hill, all Republicans. Democrats are not sitting down with him. Um, look, before we get into the politics, I mean, what do you make of kind of the shift in discourse? I mean, I know the Garland, Merrick Garland thing, kind of poison the well but you could go back to harry Reid invoking the nuclear option on on judges i mean pox on all their houses i suppose um mitch mcconnell still wins the wins wins the day because he he got gorsuch on the court um but um what do you i mean just kind of what do you make of the judicial confirmation process as as just part of our part of our kind of general you know Political makeup? Are we? It, it seems to be getting just more partisan, a little less healthy. Um, but I, I, I don't know if yeah. I don't know if I'm right. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if 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 my intuition there is as is as sound. So I'd love to get your it's thoughts. It's hyper
1: political, and it's always going to be hyper political. Yeah. But ultimately, these things come down to the quality of the nominee, and Gorsuch was a quality nominee. Kavanaugh is, by all accounts, a yeah. quality nominee, and so I, I think all the I think the discourse is much more about positioning each party to run in the midterms <coughs> than it unfortunately than it is about uh, the Kavanaugh's yeah,
0: competence.
1: it is about his credentials yeah. and, and fitness to be a justice on on the Supreme Court. He's getting confirmed. It's a matter of. When, not if. Yeah. assuming something I, doesn't happen that we don't know about sitting here.
0: Yeah, I mean we saw we saw a bit of a, a bit of a flare up over, you know, the last week with a with someone that, that appeared to be on the on the glide path for, for confirmation for for an appellate court judgeship, not not find his way find his way there find his way to confirmation as a result of of Republicans, not 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 just Democrats. Um, so I suppose any, anything is possible. Though we talked about it last week. I mean, I mean, by all accounts, you, Brett Kavanaugh has been. Uh, again, I, I will, I will say this. I've said it before. When it comes to judicial confirmations, don't mess with Mitch McConnell. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, I don't think Kavanaugh even gets off the starting block unless there wasn't a. Wasn't a pretty thorough vet, which I suspect the Federalist Society and others have, you know, have been doing for have been doing for a while. Which is smart. I mean, that's not a it's not a gripe. I mean, they're as 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 I tell my my fellow Democratic friends, probably just better. This is one thing they're just better at. Mm-hmm. Um, they're better. They've been better at attack ads, and they're better at getting judges on the court. Yeah. Those are the two things politically the Democrats just haven't sorted out. There are other things which we're going to talk about in a minute. But
1: on, on the flip side, you know, you've got your justice o'connor and and justice suitors yeah that's that,
0: fair point that fair have point. been
1: put forward by republican presidents and that have um uh done their jobs once on the court in a more liberal fashion than yeah. one would have anticipated so it's not always um so it's not always so cut and dry but look i think this is the one area I mean, even roberts on the affordable care act i mean i think that yeah right yeah absolutely yeah. and now it's a fair point and this is the this is the one area where trump has and will continue to claim victory yeah and it's the one thing he's been able to point to well it's not the one thing but it is certainly the highest profile thing he's been able to point to to Call himself an effective and, president,
0: and maybe that's what I mean when I say that Republicans are better at this. They they've shaped the message of judges and <coughs> and the importance of judges um, and getting their judges confirmed as a motivator for their mm-hmm. base. Yeah, um, you know it's it's one of those things where they where Republicans decry activist judges, but then in the same in the same breath, say, "Well, look, we have to win in order to put our judges on the court," and and it's worked. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it really has. I mean, I mean, uh, you can go all the way. I mean, and I think we talked about this on our last call. I mean, the the ability of Mitch McConnell to turn the Merrick Garland seat into a campaign issue um, with with what two hundred some odd days before before the election is right. it? Call it what it is a stroke right. of a political genius. Right. I mean really really important and and you hear I hear from my from my Ivy League friends and from my state school friends the same message which is it's important for us to to confirm our judges um, and so we're we're voting for that reason yeah um, I guess and Democrats just don't seem to have that kind of urgency because Hillary Clinton during the campaign said he's gonna if you elect Donald Trump He's going to get two Supreme Court justices, maybe more. We looked at it. Democrats looked around and said, "Well, okay, yeah, let's get mad about something else." Well, look, I think the the
1: mother of all issues when it comes to the court is Roe v. Wade. Yeah. obviously. Yeah, right. And that's the law of the land. So if you're Republicans, you're trying to change precedent. Yeah. If you're Democrats, you're trying to maintain precedent. That's very different. Easier, think, easier to mobilize for change, right. I think yes, is your point, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And and that, I think, has a huge yeah. amount to do with it. I think the other thing, and I, I may be, I don't know, this is a point we can, we can debate a little bit, but I, I think there's more diversity of there's more of a diversity of views inside the democratic tent than there is inside the Republican (laughs) tent and maybe not on an issue of choice being pro-choice or pro-life but uh, across a spectrum of issues (coughs) if you if you go to the go to the democratic national convention as we Uh, have yep and um, there's just a there's a very diverse and very wide very varying views inside that tent go to the republican national convention as we have it, it feels less it feels less so mm-hmm. it feels like people are more united around a a particular issue set yeah. and yeah i think
0: that manifests itself I, in this way among others i'm not entirely sure it's 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 even a debatable point because i think i've made it for a long time having been in and out of campaigns at all levels presidential and otherwise which is republicans get on message they get on message and even if they don't necessarily agree with the finer points the headlines they're for democrats will debate the finer points all day long and i think that's something that mark even talked about in our last call which is what happens to the democratic party and and new york magazine had a big story on elizabeth warren this week, with the headline front runner, I want to get your get your thoughts generally about about the, about um, where the Democratic Party heads um, as it as it turns towards towards November. But I do think, <clears throat> in a lot of ways, I mean, the Republicans, it's enviable uh, politically. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with with much of it, but but it's enviable politically because, and you've seen it with Trump. I mean, that there is this ability to disregard certain things and in favor of other things and we're all capable of of that but but in but in this way it's let's get our judges appointed let's pass a tax cut bill and we can run on those things and let's kind of not get too terribly distracted with the other stuff Mm -hmm. um and under the under the the guise of keep it simple stupid yeah i mean it plays i mean it it
1: does play and i think we've seen that uh, if you go down to the level of the issues too it's looked you know trade for example
0: well yeah that's why i want to go i want to get into trade because that's a really i'm fascinated by the, this entire yeah. dynamic i mean there's a you know it's a great story i was reading this morning about a plant in ohio They're everything going backwards because of tariffs i mean <coughs> wage depression, productivity depression, everything that anyone who was coming to work would say, man, it's it's not going our way. we got to turn this around. And they know exactly why. Um, And yet they're still pro-Trump because this notion of, well, we have to sacrifice a little bit in order to get more out of it. Right. I've never seen in human history when when people are willing to look around and say, hey, I'll take less today for a greater gain tomorrow in a business context.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, that's like echo, echoing 2016. Yeah. Again, because it's, um, I mean, we we elected a multi-billionaire mm mm-hmm. <laughs> the, re- the Republicans elected a multi-billionaire New York City Republican who's really a Democrat yeah as the president and it was largely those people mm-hmm. and he doesn't re- really represent <laughs> their interests but right um, I think it's all
0: a little bit upside down so what do you make of I mean what do you make of the uh, of kind of the trade landscape I mean uh they're so a lot going on with it. It's, it, I mean, we have this tariff issue, but then there's a lot wrapped up in it. I mean, what are your, yeah, well, what are your thoughts about it?
1: There are three major sets of um, issues being considered. One is um, auto-related tariffs. Mm-hmm. There's a invest, there's a uh, trade investigation going on, and there, the administration has threatened twenty percent tariffs on auto imports. Then you have renegotiation of NAFTA. That's a second set of issues. The administration trying to renegotiate NAFTA individually with Canada and Mexico and then bring it all together. And and then you've got China. And um, on again, off again deals with with the Chinese with respect to the tariffs that the Trump administration has has, has proposed and is considering $500 billion in in threatened tariffs. Um, But I think all of that plays very well politically I think Trump is yes it it, there are definite winners and losers by and large the winners are in the rust belt and the losers are in the farm belt their their AG um, related interests yep and Trump can afford to see the farm belt take some pain because he's not losing the states in the farm belt yep and he knows he won in 2016 in the rust belt a lot of the key House races, some of the key Senate races are in the Rust Belt. And look, I think these <coughs> issues, trade, trade and immigration principally, play very well nationally. They play well on a bipartisan basis. The auto tariffs are not, they're not, they, that is not a Republican issue. The principal beneficiary of the proposed auto tariffs or the threatened auto tariffs is the United is the UAW United Auto Workers the union? It's the auto companies don't want tariffs. Um, it's the union, and and so I think he's really playing politics at a very visceral and specific level, and he knows exactly what he's doing.
0: You know, it's interesting because I've, I I you know I I view the sort of a lot of these policy debates through the lens of kind of what we what we saw in 2016 not necessarily what we recognized in 2016 but i remember i remember waking up on whatever day it was when when hillary clinton lost the michigan primary we talked we talked about this way back when and i didn't again one of those moments one of those aha moments when you're you know you wake up and you say what what Yeah, and then, but you're what you really should be saying is "danger, Will Robinson, danger," because it's not an uh, there's something happening here. I'm just going to use all the all the cliches, but um, but it um, but if you if you line if you lined up what it was that people liked about Trump and what people liked about Bernie Sanders, the trade was number one in Michigan. I mean that was what people saw, and it, and it wasn't a it wasn't a dissimilar message. I mean it was we've got to figure this out, and it was the number one voting issue, if my memory serves me, I think for both for both constituencies of people who voted for Trump and mm-hmm. voted for Sanders. Yes. and you know, but I didn't recognize at the time because one I was on vacation, and two I you know just was convinced that that something wasn't happening there which was which was that Hillary had no trade message and that the people who cared about trade if they weren't given an opportunity to vote for someone who was with them they were going to vote I mean on the Democratic side they were likely to vote for someone on the Republican side if that was their issue I mean the same way the yeah. values voters vote I yeah. mean it's it's that's my issue that's what I care about I, yeah. that's why I'm voting and um, and then we you know we saw what happened. So, I mean, I, I I am fascinated by the politics of trade because some of it doesn't make a ton of sense doesn't make as much sense to me politically as as I think it does to you. But I think at the same time, what I'm fascinated by is the calculus of the Trump voter who says I'm I'm willing yeah. I'm willing to take a little... I'm willing to play long ball. I, I'm willing to play long ball. I'm willing to take a little short-term hurt. And I'm willing to trust you. Yeah. Which is psychologically fascinating.
1: Right, it is. I mean, it's, that's just fascinating. It doesn't hurt that people actually have jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that people are actually going to that factory that you referred to and working. Right. Yeah. They may be making less money in real yeah. dollar terms, but right. they, they actually have jobs. Yeah. And I think that's enormously helpful to, to the president.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, it. Like I said, I mean, uh, there's 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 a lot going on. It's a nice it's a nice sort of transition to kind of just a general economic discussion. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> one of the one of the most important political indicators always is strength of the economy. Yep. You know, how is uh, how's the economy doing? And 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 what are we seeing? And and kind of on a, I don't want to say a superficial level, but I mean, kind of the key indicators that make that make the news that we talk about i mean we're not in a recession so we just you know that's a <laughs> that's a plus for the president <laughs> right um stock market is performing very well um we are seeing we have seen since the passage of the tax bill we're not seeing wage growth it's it's declining a little bit um i saw a report this morning where overall home sales are down, but not a huge amount, but people aren't 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 buying homes, which I'm not suggesting has anything to do with with anything, just another economic indicator. But the quarter Q two earnings for big companies were great. Yeah. I mean they're doing very, very well. Which is not a surprise after the after the tax bill. I and mean, you would expect that to, you would expect them to to be doing well on top of actually, you know, having, yep. having done well. So, I mean, what do you, I mean, like I said, you, like you said just a minute ago, I mean, people have jobs to go to, um, they're willing to give the president the benefit of the doubt. Um, we're seeing economic growth on, a, I mean, at least when people are turning on their television or opening their newspaper or opening their web browser or Seeing good signs and which boost consumer confidence. Yeah. Um, I mean what do you make of it?
1: I, I, look, I think the economy is, is strong and solid and it's the strongest economy in the and most stable economy in, in the world. I mean I, I think that's that's indisputable. Um, at the same time and and the country largely approves of Trump's handling of the yeah, economy. Right. He pulls very well. On <laughs> pulls yeah, well. well certainly much better than he does on any anything <laughs> else. Um, it's it's lifting him up. Um, at the same time, you know, back to the trade issue. Who thinks free trader, not free trader, who thinks this country has a level playing field globally from a trade perspective? I don't know anybody that thinks that. Everybody thinks we're getting screwed on some level. And so he can afford to um, go to trade as an issue because a it helps him with his base, it helps him in the Rust Belt, it it helps him in places like Western Pennsylvania and Ohio and Indiana and Michigan. Um, it,
0: but well, it it's also, on brand for him too. It's on I mean, brand. It's, it's this whole yeah. I, I make good deals, which you know right. I rib him no. about on it is Twitter like, a ton, but it is on brand for him.
1: It's vintage Trump. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I don't know that. I I do agree with that. Yeah, I mean, look, this is exactly what he told everybody he was gonna do.
0: Yeah, I don't think there are any surprise No, you know, I, it's Exactly the way he told what, everybody he was gonna do and, it. And it's the this is exa- I mean, it's what's so funny about all this. And I tweet this, you know, when Trump does something, I'm like, Hillary was right again. I mean, she told you this is what he was gonna do, and if you disagree with it, well, okay, but this is what he said he was gonna do. This is what she said he was going to do they're actually both batting damn near a thousand I, in terms of like how this was going to go now we can get into the mess of russia and and i'm a i'm a little concerned about this about this revoking threatening to revoke security clearances and no, i know voters don't give a damn about it right. but but you know for for people who <clears throat> are more inside the beltway as as, as we are a um, bit concerning but but i didn't mean to interrupt you but this is exactly what he said he was going to do. I mean, yeah. it really is. I'm I, on the on the economic front. Nothing, nothing is surprising, nor really. I mean, I think the tariff thing is again. As we as we debated, we can go back and forth, and I've, I've debated Peter Navarro on national television about it. But, um, but it, politically, it, you can't argue; it's trending in Trump's favor.
1: Look. I, I spoke yesterday with somebody inside one of these steel companies that's been the beneficiary of some of the early trade measures imposed mm-hmm. by by the administration. It, things are good inside Oh, um, yeah, steel industry is The United States steel industry, you yeah. Have record earnings yeah, on I mean, time like, high. I mean, I think it's, new
0: or someone 600
1: new 600 yeah. million dollars yeah. highest earnings right. ever reported on our kind yeah. and they got a big steel
0: plant in arkansas you know where i'm from and 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 it was a big deal when they announced that plant years ago and they're expanding their operations yeah. and and you have to look at a
1: very very micro level in yeah. order to assess the impact of these things yeah right
0: yeah i mean i, I and look i mean you, you you know you can't discount for uh, and we're, we're obviously not sitting in, in 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 one of them with all with the robustness and, and everything going on in and around Washington D.C. and the you know greater Virginia Maryland area, but you go into these rural areas where you know there's not a ton of economic opportunity, right. um, where the economy is not nearly as robust as as it is here and, and and in and in urban areas. And you create something like, you know, Big River Steel, which was the new core plant years ago. You put a whole lot of people to work in high paying good jobs and and then you announce that you're you're able to expand your operations. Um, you know that's <clears throat> what else do you need in politically to be able to to say to people Look, I feel good about my circumstance. And I, I I say all that with the notion of one of we knew that economic insecurity was a big driver for Trump. You know, people were they were just uncertain about their about yeah. kitchen table issues and and Hillary didn't speak to him at all. Right. Um, and Trump did. And so, you know, you have to you have to give credit where credit is due i think in in this context um because you are seeing you are seeing aspects of this advantaging yeah. the president and even if that's just good timing which you some know of this is some of this is good dumb luck yeah of yeah. course yeah. But, but, but that's not I mean, unique to him no, i mean, that's any I mean president. we've we've lots of presidents we've academics have been studying that for a yeah. long time look he's the
1: beneficiary of circumstances but there's also there's an authenticity issue here, which is a mixed bag because clearly he um, stretches the truth uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> on occasion, <laughs> um, uh, to put it to put it nicely, but he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do in a way that is exactly the way he said he was going to do it. And, Nonlinear, but sure, whatever. Yeah, I mean he's. "Quote unquote negotiating," mm-hmm. which you know, look at look at what he's done with on, on these on these trade issues. He puts he proposes what I would call fairly, he, 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 maybe not extreme, but he proposes tough measures, and then he negotiates his way back from them. That's exactly what he said he was going to do. He said he's a negotiator. I'm a deal maker. I make deals. Ooh. That's what he's doing. Well, and
0: what's funny is is that. You know, if you listen to, first of all, and if you if you studied the way that he operated in business, and I, I'm not by no means a by no means a, a Trump whisperer in terms of of his deal making, but he gave a number of interviews early on about about his negotiating philosophy, and he is very much employing his private sector negotiating philosophy in this context, whether that's ultimately successful or not yeah but well, you know we'll see not you know it, but but that's he's not trying to learn new lessons he's not trying to i mean he's trusting his own instincts which you know he's in his 70s i mean i mean it's it's difficult to to think that that anybody's gonna gonna all of a sudden change their change their their habits much less start to start to rethink how to look across the table at someone and 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 try and make a deal set vladimir putin aside but um but i think
1: bleak in a in an environment where people are sick and tired of looking at the town we're sitting in and not believing anything anybody's saying and yeah the authenticity factor on both sides of the aisle is exceedingly low you've got I mean, Trump's approval ratings are terrible, but they're stellar compared to the United States Congress. Right? What well, I think in the single digits. Right. I mean, yeah. so I, I, it's different. It's it's he's actually doing what he said he was going to do, and I think that that matters to the the factory worker in Ohio and the farm worker in Iowa. It, that stuff matters. Yep. So let's talk.
0: About, let's 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 wrap up with our favorite topic, which is you know that. The midterm dynamic is, and I think the smartest Democratic strategist would tell you, is very much to localize these races. I mean, Trump is a motivator to a degree, but this notion of, well, I don't like Trump. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some polling that, that people want, they're more inclined to vote for a candidate who will be a check on Trump. But that's not a message. I mean, the Democrats in these local races are running on all sorts of different issues. Um, New York Magazine this week came out with a cover story. Um, Elizabeth Warren under the headline Front Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, you've talked about in the past kind of who's in charge of the Democratic Party. What does it mean? We saw... Um, we saw uh, Bernie Sanders campaigning with, with Alexandria, um, and I will butcher her last name, my apologies, but um, in Kansas, um, Elizabeth Warren on the cover of New York Magazine. Um, I mean, this, Mark said, if the Democrats lose in November, you're going to see a hard, hard pivot to the left. I mean, what are you, any 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 thoughts about the Democratic Party since we were since we were last together? My thoughts
1: are less about people and more about policy. Yeah, I think these th- three issues of trade, immigration, and and healthcare is the third the third yeah. one, and, and yeah. perhaps the first one because that's the issue that, that's number one. Yeah, that's the yeah. number one motivator. I think though the way I'm looking at things politically is those three issues if you're the democrats are they're a proxy for the economy Mm. and you go after trump on on those issues because you can't really touch him on the economy at large but you can touch him on health care which is 18 percent of the economy you can certainly he's he's actually hurt himself he's he's helped himself and hurt himself on immigration i think he's viewed favorably by republicans on immigration but this fiasco separating children and families um children and parents really hurt him Mm -hmm. on uh, net net on on immigration but i think those i think these three issues are kind of a proxy for for the economy and and republicans and democrats based on what plays locally are going to fight a proxy war over the economy on the basis of those issues and if i'm the democrats that's that's my strategy. It's to try to take issues that are a proxy for the economy and, and fight the battle there as opposed to as opposed to up here.
0: Yeah, you know it's interesting because um, you know you you've got you've got this sort of tension within the Democratic Party about what are our issues going to be? Is health care going to be, medicare for all is it going to be you know some other single-payer plan that um or is it going to be something else and you've got a number of back to your kind of point of democrats having a bunch of ideas under underneath all underneath it all so so you certainly have that you have on the immigration front i i i agree with you i mean the democrats have they have imagery to to show the harshness of of the president's policy coupled with the fact that he isn't getting the money for the wall coupled with you know mexico pushing back on on a variety of stuff and i think too the kind of harshness of of ice although i know a lot of democrats voted voted to for the creation of ice but i think people seeing that coming into their communities and um and what that what that really means to have that kind of police presence i think is is something that that people are gonna are gonna think about, um, and and I think it, it, it Trump's gonna struggle with women who really just are gonna have a hard time right. with the separation. Right. Absolutely. They're just gonna have a really hard time with it. Um, but then it brings you to trade, and 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 in some ways, you know, I, I keep kind of just scratching my head over over um, you know the Democrats can. Can sort of take a take a you know can of kerosene to tariffs, but you know one thing you you keep hearing from people is well, Trump's out there fighting. He's yeah. like picking a fight, and and at least he's trying to do something. And and I think that I I think to your point, Democrats have a good argument on health care. Republicans tried to wreck it, they failed, and they don't have a there's no alternative. And and I think you can. Message well on that. I think you can message well on on immigration to a degree, right? To, to a, degree. a degree. I mean, you,
1: you, Trump has obviously been tougher on immigration yeah. than than Obama.
0: Well, and, and and but what's funny is is that Obama wasn't a softie on immigration, right? Now, I mean, right. he just—I yeah. mean, not at all. The and were absolutely higher than they, they ever were until yep. now, and right. <laughs> And what I can't figure out is why, and we've talked about this before. I don't, I, I don't know why Hillary Clinton's immigration message wasn't as simple. We're going to get the criminals out. Right. If you, if you, if if you're here illegally and you've committed a crime, see you later.
1: That's a centerpiece of Trump's uh, yeah, message. Right.
0: I, I, just that's my first. that that's my first plan. My and first. Look, well, I'm a, this yeah. is what I'm going to do first, and then we're going to we're gonna focus on technology at the border and making sure that we deal with this issue but also we've got a real problem in the fact that there are these in essence warlord havens in northern mexico that people are trying to get away from because it's the worst conditions imaginable to live in and we got to figure that out and that's diplomacy that's economics that's a variety of things and so we're gonna we're gonna try and figure that problem out. Seems to me I, I just made up a three prong immigration platform that <laughs> she would have she would have done just fine with. And look,
1: there was a recent negotiation in Mexico. Pompeo was there, yeah. Secretary of Homeland Security, um, Jared Kushner, a couple of other people for the administration. Um, delegation sent down to talk about NAFTA. But they came back having talked really about immigration yeah and potential areas of agreement between the u.s and mexico on turning back <clears throat> people coming over the border even people from other countries mm-hmm. countries other than mexico so <clears throat> i think these issues come together at a certain level yeah and they're look i think they're all kind of the same issue not not health care that's definitely an economic issue yeah right but um, well, maybe it is in the sense that it's it's all about
0: insecurity or, yeah. or security. I mean, that's what I was I was just about to say. I mean, it's it's that feeling of uncertainty that drove people to want to really want to take a hard pivot um, to something else. Yeah. I mean, and it's you know,
1: I know lots and lots of Republicans who are um, not anti-immigrant, um, as the president is perceived by many people mm, as sure. as being. But who think that it's unfair that and, and, and playing Democrats people who think that it's unfair that um, folks can there's a legal process for immigrating to this country and people can stream over the borders is it's unfair it's it's not abiding by the law on trade it's unfair yes free traders who but people like I said earlier who still think the system is unfair these systems are all screwed up for lack of a better term healthcare. Unfair. It's it and look, you know, they've succeeded in many respects in dismantling Obamacare, but it's more of a mess than it was. Right. To yeah. begin with. I right. mean, they've taken a pound of flesh here and a pound of flesh there and the <laughs> system is all screwed up <laughs> and nothing's better. I think that's an issue that actually may that's the issue that may ultimately decide the the november elections but i think all this adds up to do i feel like i'm getting a fair shake or not yeah and there are lots of people out there who feel alienated by both parties and traditional republicans and traditional democrats and trump is still something different and obviously he's going to motivate a lot of people against him to come to the polls and pull the lever in favor of Democrats. But there are a lot of people out there who just think the deck is stacked against them or are gonna come and vote for Republicans because they align Republicans with Trump and Trump at least is something different. I think that's still very much in the mix.
0: And I think we'll it'll be interesting when we get back together in a couple of weeks. This again, this this interesting situation of of patience and what that means in terms of 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 Trump's not just his base, but Republicans. I mean, he's he's underwater pretty significantly with independence right now. But, you know, we've got we've got the summer to to, we've got August to sort of see what that really means. But um, but this notion of patience, has Trump had enough time to do what he wants to do as the Republican Congress had enough time to do what it wants to do? That's a that's just something I look forward to kind of deconstructing the next time that we're together, and in the meantime, I think the Democrats just ought to run the rock, and then we'll it'll, it'll we'll be fine. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see. Um, well, I uh, I will I will certainly wish Mark a uh, a happy August wherever wherever he is. Um, we'll be back. Uh, I think the last week in August yep, is that, that, is that right? right yeah we'll be back the A little pre-labor day warm-up little late. pre-labor day warm-up good we'll 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 get we'll get back into the mix in the meantime um, you know uh, enjoy uh, hopefully some more weekends in the Sun or whatever you have planned for for August that uh, gets you out of the office and um i want to thank everybody as always for for listening um it has been uh it's been an interesting very interesting month it's gonna be an interesting summer i can't wait to be back in a couple of weeks and uh and break it all down howard always always great to be with you Um, and i appreciate everyone for listening thanks ladies and gentlemen